0: Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T.
1: Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable
2: performance and power of Steel Battery Tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel.
0: Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
3: When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact,
1: Y'all, this is the Inflection Collective. All of us are connected, reflective, real-life perspective, respected. The banter, the shit chat no cap. It's big facts, we so kick back. This here is done there, been there. What up, what up, what up? We are back. Another edition of the Done There, Been there Podcast, episode number two of 2024. I am one of your hosts, Mike Hill, and that is my co-host, Eunice Elliott. Uh maybe should I say happy new year? When do you stop saying yes, happy new year?
4: Yes. I say happy new year through March.
1: Through March? <laughs> like what if your New Year yes. isn't happy anymore? Like you get in my face in February. I've already been. That's why I've you,
4: should
1: claim, it. Uh, that's oh, why you oh, should claim it. it.
4: We're claiming okay. it. Yes. Claim Re- Happy New Year. You're wishing Happy New Year. I usually let I let it ride through Black History Month. Yeah. through
1: Black History Month. Okay. Well, okay. Well, mm-hmm. hopefully everybody's having a happy new year out there. Uh, thank you for joining us on the podcast. I've done there, been that podcast. We appreciate all the feedback, all the support, all the love. I know Eunice is getting it. I'm getting it. And people are uh, talking about it, man. So this want to keep this going on where we make sports relatable for everybody.
4: We don't everybody. just talk about the
1: X's and O's. We make it relatable for everybody. We talk
4: about the X's and uh-ohs. <laughs> that's <laughs> what we
1: talk about here. Uh, well, you say the X's and uh-ohs. I say the X's and sometimes the, you know, the hoes. But that's okay. Well, we we'll get away here with that no, Here we I mean, go. Here we go. I can mean that for <laughs> men and women because men and women are both hoes, right? No. <laughs> no? <laughs> what? <laughs> No, I'm not saying that. You're saying that. I'm not saying that. You're
4: saying no, men and women aren't both hoes. Well, let's let's stay focused. Let's stay focused.
1: Okay, let's stay focused. <laughs> let's stay focused right now. Hey, uh, 2024 already off with a bang. We had the national championship game. We don't care about that because Alabama. Didn't we do win. not care about that. Michigan won. <laughs> Shout out to Hell Blue woo, 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 and all that type of stuff like that that's going on there. Um, what you know what? We we're both in the comedy game. You've been in the comedy game much longer than I have. We actually did a show together last Thursday. It was pretty cool. Packed house out there. I think I got a cold I'm still suffering from right now. But that was the same night that the big news came out about Cat Williams, where he aired out every black comedian there is except Shucky Ducky. I mean, he came for everybody. I'm talking about Steve Harvey. He came for uh uh, 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 uh not, not Bruce Bruce. He came for Steve Harvey, came for Cedric the Entertainer. Ricky Smiley, Kevin Hart, you name it. He talked about it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Obviously he didn't come for us because we're nobodies in the comedy game right now. (laughs) But at the same time, it was something that was, um, everybody's still talking about everybody's still Mm -hmm. thinking about this interview. The interview is going to be by the time we put this out, maybe a week and a half old, but people are still talking about Now He's got a a tour coming up. That was really good marketing. And a lot of people saying, maybe he just wanted to get that notoriety for the tour, which, okay. Which is great. He is a immense. He's a genius when it comes to that. And now the news that just came out that really got me, I believe that uh, 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 Cat Williams has become the Tupac of comedy because he has announced and his uh, uh, Kevin Hart's ex-wife just announced that Tori Hart is going to be opening for him <laughs> on this comedy tour, which made me think about the song Hit em Up, the this song, one of the greatest hit songs, uh, 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 songs of, of all time, rap songs, of diss songs of all time. Coming out. And the first words of that was, that's why I, your wife, you know what I mean? I don't think he's doing that, obviously, but I think the fact that he's got Tori Hart opening up for him on this, uh, this tour, that's a little bit of a jab. I'm not saying Tori's good. Don't get me wrong. Tori deserves her opportunities and I'm happy that she's getting her opportunity, but you got to believe that's a little bit of a market employee as well.
4: Well, well, you know what? It might just be a timing situation. Kat generally does travel with women um, openers. Um, so I think it might it could just be just so happen that the timing of the release of the interview and everybody talking about it and the timing of when these dates came up. I mean, it could be by design, but you know, he generally does travel with a female comic.
1: Yeah, well, that's true. Well, 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 shout out to Kat and Tori Hart. Overall, what did you think of the interview? Like, is Cat? People wondering how much is true, how much isn't. Now there's this big debate about who steals jokes and who doesn't. Uh, and he's exposed. And it seems like Cat has become that uncle. You know, everybody's got uncles, right? And you got uncles that you love and some of them that your, your mom, like he's been to jail before and all that type of stuff like that. It's got some issues, but you know how the uncles start arguing with one another. And now the other uncles who have, you know, done well for themselves, all of them have done well for themselves. They look at that one uncle who always stirs shit up. And I think Kat is that uncle that's stirring shit up. And it's a big fight amongst the family right now, meaning the black culture uh, in the comedy world, whether whose side are you on? Is Cat telling the truth. And now the people who believe Cat are coming from Steve Harvey hard. They're coming from Cedric the Entertainer hard. They're pulling them up old interviews. We'll get to one that I did with Mark Curry uh, in, in a few minutes right here. But now people are taking sides. And I'm wondering what you feel like that's doing for the comedy community.
4: You know, I, I personally, I think as much ado about nothing. I mean, most of the stories that Cat Williams was talking about are at least a decade, if not two decades old. Um, and also, you have to remember that everyone has their own <clears throat> perspective. Right. So I think specifically, let's say the case of Ricky Smiley saying he was up for the role of Money Mike, that mm-hmm. might be Ricky Smiley's actual um, Experience of it because he auditioned for the role But as we know Just because you audition for a role Doesn't necessarily mean you were up for the role You know and it, that's right. semantics right And so mm-hmm. it might be a matter of Okay yeah you know I saw Ice Cube came out and said Yeah Ricky did read for the part But we felt he would be better in this other part And Kat was better for, for Money Mike Um, So two things can be true right It's just about the perception As far as what Kat actually was talking about I think I'm all for the truth right If it's the truth it's the truth But I also think there's uh, a reason why you do share some truths and why you don't share other truths. To me, watching the entire interview, it felt like, you know, I stayed too long at the party. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like when people start more people start leaving the room, different parts of people's personalities start coming out. So, I mean, obviously it was riveting uh, to watch Kat's experience of what he feels happened in comedy and being able to have points of reference that we all can then say, "Huh, that's interesting. Huh, I wonder you know, I don't I don't get all the hubbub about it because I think that's what people do on podcasts now, right? You know, I think yeah. people like to tell that, hey, I was in the room twenty-five years ago when this conversation happened, or I know what this person said who's dearly departed, or I know how the origin story for this. So I didn't get why it was such a big deal. I really didn't.
1: Uh well, first of all, it it's entertaining.
4: That actually has something to do with that as well, but it's okay. one of those things where it was I'm all for conversation. Uh I'll, I'll go further in to stop that. I'm not sure why everybody felt like they needed to add to the conversation.
1: <laughs> well, here's the thing. And, that, and that's a good point, Eunice, because I put a tweet out uh, after it came out. One thing that 2024 has already taught us is what we already know, that we love us a mess, a controversy. We do. That's why we buy into it. We buy into people tearing each other down in a sense. And I'm not just talking about Black people. I'm talking about all of us. We like drama. We like intrigue. Uh, even being on these um reality shows, you if it, it it ain't drama, then it's boring. You know what I mean? So Kat coming out here and telling his truth or his side of the truth is one thing. Now, what I will say is like we do want the truth. We feel like, hey, it's great when somebody speaks their truth and being transparent, but at the same time, at what expense is that and how much is your truth really reality? You know, like you said, he could be telling 80% of the truth, but that 20% of the non-reality. Could be affecting somebody else, you know, especially when it comes to joke stealing, which is a heinous crime in the comedy world
4: about joke stealing. Let me say it's about joke stealing, because Mm -hmm. there's so many longstanding beefs about joke stealing. And I think as a a comedian myself and as a comedy writer, I think one of the ways to avoid that and. Again, this is wishful thinking on my part, but one of the ways to avoid that is to not just go for everybody's shared experience. You know, I think sometimes when comedians go for joke A, uh, we all saw the same thing. We all would tell that same joke or we've all been as a single woman uh, dating. I could potentially tell the exact same joke that every other Mm -hmm. single woman dating could tell because we're having a very shared experience. Right. And so then I will consciously try to talk about the guy that I was texting at three (laughs) thirty five yesterday, because that will be a more unique experience to try to build my material off of. So it's you know it's uh it's been beef between comedians over marching band jokes it's been beef over comedians over pop blocking jokes you know it's, it's a shared experience so yeah more than likely people would have similar premises if you don't dig deeper for something it could be a little bit more nuanced and personal yeah i think it's hard to really say someone stole a joke from someone outside of it outright being like wow i just told this joke this person just saw the joke and they told it tomorrow mm-hmm. and there's is there anything new under the sun
1: no, not really, especially when it comes to the culture. Now, one of the things I was talking about is uh a interview I did with Mark Curry some years ago when I was on Fox Soul resurfaced because of the Cat Williams interview where he actually mentioned Mark Curry and Steve Harvey hadn't steal stolen one of his jokes. Here's that interview in question. Well so what's up with you and Steve, man? I, I ain't nothing. Ain't nothing with me. He's, I, well, Steve stole my material on his show, so I had a beef on that. On what show? On uh, when he was on his the the, the bullshit talk show he had. And he did he he did all my Halloween material one Halloween. I'm watching. Uh, somebody called me said, "Man, homeboy doing your material." So he did my whole Halloween run, and I know he didn't think of it. You uh, know, this this is true stuff that really happened to me. Uh-huh. And so my thing is, you don't have to do that, homeboy. Yeah. Right. So you know, you made enough money. You know, <laughs> wow. you made enough money. You did enough. You know what? Why are you on my material? Right. You know, what's that about? You know, and then, you know, people want to jump up. Oh, he didn't know he didn't steal your. So, yes, he did. So, Mark obviously was a little upset. He would never tell me exactly what Steve said to him and what he said to Steve or whatever. When I see Steve, maybe he'll say it, maybe he won't. But here's the thing about the whole joke stealing premise thing. Like you mentioned, a lot of jokes are the same because we are in a culture. And I think the best jokes tellers are the ones that can relate to the audience. In our culture, we have so many similarities about things. So if there's a premise about I talk about my divorce, I talk about, you know, my upbringing, I talk about my mom, I talk about certain things like that. In our culture, we all have similar experiences. So if the premise of the joke is the same, it's one thing. But if it's word for word and you're basically stealing everything like um, in this the Steve Harvey joke, I got to say. and, and, And I don't know. Sometimes Steve may have had a writer that heard it somewhere and he said it, you know, and brought it in that happens in the business as well. The to the entertainer joke where he basically took one of the jokes or whatever, and then he made it a spaceship. It's a little too similar. It's almost like sampling, right? You know, I, I remember, uh, who was that? Uh, um, uh, uh, what's the, the singer's name? The, the white guy, um, um, good and not good. Um, Robin Thicke. Remember Robin Thicke, the thin line. If it's proven to be too close for comfort, then of course you can get sued. I think it's the same thing in comedy. If it's too close in 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 the actual premise, the setup and the actual words you're saying, like the Steve Harvey joke, if you listen to Mark Curry's original joke, it sounds exactly like Mark Curry's when it came to Steve Harvey. So uh, I, I think that is a, 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 an infraction. And I think when that happens sometimes, I think it's imperative for the comedian to say, hey man, maybe I didn't write that joke because you do have joke tellers, right? And, also, just go, hey, man, bro, I, my bad. It was too close for comfort. Maybe subconsciously, right. I did not know that that was your joke. Maybe I thought I, I, I you know, because you can go to a comedy club one night, hear a joke, go to sleep the next night, two weeks later, and you think, oh, man, I got this great idea for a joke. Right. And that's it why a lot of comedians the only do like that. Right. Yep.
4: Right, It happens all the time that you get inspired by something. You hear something. Sometimes you don't remember like, wait, was that a conversation I was having with somebody? Did I see that on TV? Did I hear somebody tell it? So as a comedian, you have to be kind of hyper vigilant of where are you sourcing your material? Um, As a host, I like hosting comedy. What I will do a lot of times is I will watch every act and then I usually can reference something that that person said, because I probably have a similar premise or joke. So it might be you come off stage and I say, "Yo, Mike was talking about X, Y, Z. That reminds me of the time that, you know, because mm-hmm. there was a similarity, there was a premise. And so it's a way that it might just be, hey, this is a moment that I can tie into what's happening. Um And again, it's a fine line between inspiration and stealing. Um right. I think right. back in the day, it was easier to steal material because we didn't have cameras and and, and receipts for everything. Yeah. As a comedian myself, I don't upload material that's not specific to me because, yeah, anybody in the world could see your material and be performing your whole set in New York from bigger dollars and bigger laughs. And if they have a bigger name, no one's going to think they stole the joke from the from the one you've never heard of. And so that's another reason why a lot of comedians don't want you to film their material. They want mm-hmm. you to upload material because it is such an intellectual property that it's hard to put your stamp on it, especially if it's, uh, you know, public domain and, and in a general consensus, as you say, cultural experience, particularly. <clears throat>
0: Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT and T.
2: Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. Mm. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.
3: The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher.
4: Um, oh, yeah. Some of our heroes, some of our heroes, Robin Williams was accused of <clears throat> it quite a bit, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it's one of those things that uh, I think Carlos Mencia had to struggle with those accusations. Once you get the label, it's kind of like yeah. that scarlet letter. You don't mm-hmm. want the tag as a joke stealer for sure. But like I, I, I watched uh, Chelsea Handler's last special. Her material was so similar to the material that I do that I consciously stopped doing the material. But she's also talking about being a certain age, which I am. She's talking about being single, which I am. She's Mm -hmm. talking about dating. So we're having a shared lived experience. But guess who's going to look like they're biting off a Chelsea Handler? Me. You know, And 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 so you have to manage yourself accordingly.
1: Yeah. And it depends on the platform. Somebody can do it first or somebody could be out there. You could have done it right in a smaller venue. Somebody could have heard it. Maybe somebody's writing for Chelsea like it is in rap. You know, Jay-Z's been accused of biting lyrics or whatever lines or whatever. I think he said, I-, I wish I was on here right now. You made it a fresh line. I made it something. Like He did something when he was talking about Nas whatnot. Uh, But so it happens to the best of us out there because, once again, we share those same experiences and those same cultures. I can remember even as a sportscaster, you made it a, there it is. You made it a hot line. I made it a hot song. Thanks a lot, Chris. I appreciate that. But that's what Jay-Z was accused of. So all of our greatest rappers out there, even similarities. I remember the rapper Shine came out and he sounded a lot like Biggie from his tone, his inflection or whatever, not necessarily his rhymes. But because they said that's biting or he sounded too similar to somebody. Look, we are not a monolith, but at the same time, we could be the same. When I was coming up in the business, I remember I got accused of trying to be like Stuart Scott so much. And I'm going to tell you right now, when I was at ESPN, when I first got the ESPN, it actually hurt me. Uh, and that's one of the reasons I didn't want to go to ESPN. What people don't realize, and this is not me speaking negative on anybody right now, but I have to share this. People does people don't know my background or know where I came from. You know why my background where I came from. I try to sound who I like I am. I know I don't sound like a, a white sports casher and all enunciating and I came from Bessemer, Alabama, via New York, the Bronx, New York, or whatever. So I had to teach myself how to speak all over again. And I realized that. In order for me to be successful in this business, what I had to do is be my true authentic self. And that is being who I am as far as my culture is concerned. Sounding like, and I told you, you mentioned last week, there was a, a guy who said, do you want to be a sportscaster? You want to be a black sportscaster? Well, I have a black voice. So when I got the ESPN, before I got the ESPN, I was in, I was in Dallas. I was in Nashville. I was in other places. I was in Hagerstown, Maryland, before Stuart Scott even came on the air. And if you look at my resume and you look at my early Uh, uh, sportscast. This is who I've always been. Long before I saw Stuart Scott on television, on ESPN2 or whatever, I was this person coming up, right? But Stuart, because he was on ESPN, on SportsCenter, doing it on a bigger platform or whatever and making it super popular, me coming up, even though I was being said, hey, he's the next guy that's on SportsCenter, people, once I started getting a bigger name for myself, Even people who work with me said, well, you're trying to be like this guy. And that was furthest from the truth. And once again, not to speak negatively on anybody, because Stuart is is a great sportscaster. He paved the way for a lot of people. If you know the backgrounds of who I am and who Stuart was on and off air, you would say, well, Mike is being true to his authentic self, while Stuart, while knowing the culture It's more of, okay, he's playing more of a role. And once again, I know somebody's going to take that all out of context and feel like I'm hating on this guy. I'm not hating that at all. All I'm saying is like me being my true authentic self hurt me more so because there was a guy in Stuart Scott who in a similar, in a way, played the role uh, of who he was, whatever. Even though he was black, don't get me wrong. He played a role on television, whereas I was being my authentic self, but I got accused of trying to be like him. And that has always been something back in the day that I, I I had to get past even when I was at ESPN, because I told you the story about when I was there and they said, Hey, uh, the reason that you're not moving up is because you're too, whatever, too black. And we already have one of those. So it's something well, and that. I,
4: and I think that's, that's indicative of, again, race in this country. I actually was at ESPN working with <laughs> Stuart Scott and it was one of those things where, you know, when you're the first or one of the first that's put on a uh, a higher platform like Stu was, then yeah, every black sportscaster in America was told they were trying to be like the one they mm-hmm. had seen. But mm-hmm. that's the same difference of Sloan Stevens or Coco Goff. They always have to hear comparisons to the Williams sisters just because they're black playing tennis. And that's mm-hmm. what's unfortunate. It's like, you know what? Compare me to the greatest sportscasters in the world. Compare me to the greatest tennis players in the world. Now, if they happen to be a black person, that's great. But I think that is the issue with race in this country that I always have to hear. I'm I'm like Wanda Sykes. I'm really not at all, but I'm a black girl with curly hair, you know? Mm -hmm. And so you always have to hear comparisons. I don't take offense to them because I know people just don't know what else to do when they haven't seen a lot of something. And 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 I think anytime it's a black person, you know, every black talk show host, they compare her to Oprah, Oprah, you know, every black, you know? And so it's like when somebody makes it, that then becomes the standard for black people versus, hey, just because you guys have gatekeeped Uh, gatekeeping, you know, opportunities for so many black people, just because another black person does it, doesn't mean they're trying to be like the one you've heard of. It just means they're another black person in this space. Uh, And I think we don't allow people to be their own entity.
1: You're you're so right in in so many ways. I want to clarify something really quick. So I can understand, not understand, but I get it when white people feel, because they don't, they don't get it. So what hurt me more Outside of white people saying what they had to say, the executives or whatever, uh, was when a black person would say it was when a black person would say that I was trying to bite. I remember I got pulled over. This is when I, when I, I remember being at NABJ in Vegas and I remember Stephen A. Smith and Jamel Hill. And these are my people, love them to death, and I'm just gonna call it out like, like it is. I wrote it in my book. Oh
4: Lord, cat didn't start at Some people is telling no, stuff. No, no, oh Lord, don't tell the stuff, people. But
1: this is what what I'm saying is like Let me this
4: is. My they put on mute. Let me put it on mute. Go ahead.
1: Go, go ahead. They, they so they, they they pulled me to the side and they said, "Bruh, you know, stop trying to be like Stu you know, Some in in those words, you know, you know, you doing this, and I'm like, y'all obviously have no idea who I am or what my background is, and they basically said that. So that hurt me. And I told Jamel this a a while back. I told her this. I don't know if I ever said it to Stephen A. So it's not like I'm saying something for the first time and they're going to hear it for the first time. And, you know, she said, you know what? I think even Jamel even apologized for that years later because you put yourself in a bad situation when it's your own people. This is the reason why I look at Jason Whitlock. If you start to co-sign what the white folks are saying, then all of of a sudden the white folks feel like they have license to say some of that out there. You know, when it comes to a guy like Jason Whitlock, Jason Whitlock will say things that a Trump supporter, a MAGA pr- su- pr- supporter would say somebody's going to roll back the clock. And they know if they said it, it sounds racist, which they probably are. But because they don't want to be labeled something, they'll point to a guy like Jason Whitlock's, a Whit- Whitlock or a Candace Owens and say, well, I'm not racist because the black person is saying it over here or the Sage Steele is saying it over here. So what I'm saying is sometimes when we look at our people and we're growing, If somebody's biting, biting, that's one thing. But if somebody has a similar style because we have similar cultures and we have similar backgrounds in a sense, get to know this person because there is something that might be unique about him. You know what I'm saying? So that's all I'm saying, because what you do is if you got the black person saying this, which happened to me in Dallas, too. There was a guy that was there, a photographer that would say some things like that. That did the same thing. that gave this white man the license to treat me unfairly in a sense. Just me being myself so I understand where it comes with the white people said it's one thing but we as a black uh a, a culture or black people should know better than to rip each other down and understand that hey you but, know what but that sounds the like thing.
4: Well, whether it's misogyny, patriarchy, racism, that's why it's so dangerous because it affects and it's insidious. It so it affects everybody's mindset. You know, how many times have you said an extra prayer when you saw the black pilot flying a plane? Lord, let this man fly this plane and land it. But he had to be eight <laughs> times better than the white pilot that you didn't say an extra prayer for. I mean, we all have been guilty of hating against our own best interests based on what we have been told. No, it's not right at all. But I'm saying that's why these systems are so dangerous. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it it needs to stop. But I'm saying, realistically, black people learn what they learn from the same places where white people learn what they learn. And so I'm Mm -hmm. saying all messed up. So, yeah, the dream and hope would be, hey, I hope because you were black, you would understand. But they get their information from the same media that the white people get their information from. And it's, yeah. it's insidious, it's ingrained in everybody. You know, people look at women, women look at women mm-hmm. a certain way that is probably misogynistic because that's mm-hmm. what has been ingrained. That's the information. And you might think and feel that you feel differently, but at the end of the day, you perpetuate it because that's what's been ingrained in you. And that's how mm-hmm. racism, patriarchy, misogyny, all of it works is we all become guilty on different levels. And you sometimes it's against our, our own community, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
4: uh well, so time. you know we're we gonna have to roll back the clock about a thousand years to 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 work on that one
1: <laughs> yeah well <laughs> i mean I well back. we can we can we can stop the clock from progressing even further when it comes to that mindset and move forward with a different mentality so in order to uh bring about this change when it comes to misogyny when it comes to racism when it comes to our destroying our own community in a sense we can stop it right now just because we were taught that hell you know, we were taught when we was a kid if if you were bad when I was running for Alabama, go get that switch. Your mom will beat your ass. You know what I mean? You you see a woman. And, I, and
4: I, I listen, I got whippings as a kid. I think I turned out okay. I think more well, kids turned out, need to I'm
1: be not, beat. i yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Let me turn. I know let it's me, not you, popular. Me, let me turn my.
4: I think I think sometimes kids need to be
1: beat. <laughs> well, I'm, I probably wouldn't say beat. <laughs> I probably would say discipline. But you're, you're right. Okay. Spanked. Yes. Speaking of that, um Ryan Garcia's beat a lot of people beat as a as a
4: <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: The opinions of Eunice Elliott do not reflect Mike Hill <laughs> or the Done There Been That Podcast. <laughs> <Beat 'em. laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Well, Eunice, uh well, I'm glad we you
4: no controversial thing. Well,
1: I, I if if you if I, I, I hope nobody, I hope you're never trying to adopt a kid.
4: you don't have to worry about that (laughs) you don't have to
1: worry about that at all well you know what's crazy is you can say what you want to about the kids you just can't say nothing about an animal you can't say that you say that about a dog (laughs) you you canceled tomorrow Um, Ryan Garcia has beaten a lot of people uh, everybody except uh, Tank Davis uh, in the boxing ring but he took a pounding recently he's a boxer pretty good boxer who announced um, that his wife obviously had their second child on the same he day
4: on instagram that he, he announced the birth on, of his healthy baby and his it was a celebration. healthy
1: baby a celebration everybody's yes. happy wow thank you mom and dad are doing great babies wonderful mm, gorgeous baby there and then an hour later he announced that he and his wife are getting a divorce and people mm. are dragging him for it because of the time you know uh, right. obviously there's something going on i just wonder what you think about that like hey, I'm happy. Hey, my wife had this beautiful baby. And then an hour later, hey, we're announcing that, hey, we ain't going to be together no more, but we're going to take care of the children.
4: To me, I feel like the timing of him making that announcement is was to circumvent something that pe- someone probably knew about him. I think mm-hmm. the second that he announced that he had a new baby with his wife, the girlfriend, the psychic, somebody was like, well, wait a minute. If that just happened, you know, and I think he and his wife probably have already discussed, obviously, outside of us. We don't know. I think the timing of his announcement was to circumvent something that was going to come out about him and someone else after he announced he had a baby with his wife
1: that took an entirely different twist than I had. Yeah. Because thought. if you
4: notice, if you notice when people do that, it's usually when people make these announcements, a lot of oh. times it's because something else has already been discovered. And so it's like, Hey, we got to get in front of this. And if you saw me wow. with somebody else, me and my wife have actually been separated or, you know, so you think mm. you are seeing us doing something that we already mm. knowing the thing we just ain't told y'all. So I think they possibly, they, their dead of separation he had as like New Year's Eve or like Christmas time last year. Yep.
1: Yeah, yep. Yeah, uh-huh.
4: That's what I think the timing of it was. From a from a former publicist for athletes. Wow.
1: Okay. Wow. <laughs> I said, sound-
4: someone has documentation of him doing something else that don't match him just having a baby with his
1: wife. Yeah. Ooh, you sound like you've done a lot of damage control. God I damn can. that. Took, I did it. I was a, a, was a good one. I was a good one. That that took a, a crazy twist. Now I was thinking that maybe if it was an hour later, uh, you know how sometimes the baby starts to take form and shape and you can actually start seeing some of the features a little bit better because when all the babies first come out. The babies all look the same. They, mm-hmm. you know, they all look you know, cute, but ugly. You know what I mean? All babies mm-hmm. are ugly when they first come out. And they they got crap all over them, if you've ever seen a, a birth uh, in person. So when you come out, clean them up, mom and dad, bring them back to the room, put the little uh, bracelet on them and stuff like that, colon. And he just took one looking like, um, that... baby ain't got my eyes. Baby, got but, my ears.
4: but his statement says he looks forward to co-parenting both of their children together, including the baby that was just born. So his okay. statement did not allude to him I, not believing he is the father of this new baby. The I statement said we're, they we're, were going to be co-parents of these children they have had together.
1: hmm Okay. So, So, I mean,
4: if that was not clearly stated, then yes, I would think, well, is there a question about paternity? But I feel uh, like he took the question of paternity out with his statement.
1: Well, well, maybe both the truth, maybe, 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 maybe he was doing something and maybe she was doing something. Maybe she did something and it produced the baby and he said, okay, well, she said you want out. Then I'm not going to expose this other thing that I know about you. I'm just saying. So since we're throwing all this, you conspiracies are trying to here. throw a
4: woman under the bus. I have a question for you.
5: This you is just the gunning
4: No, oh, I didn't see just, him under the bus. Said, I, I said as a formal publicist, when I saw that what I thought probably existed, and I can cite <laughs> lots of examples where couples, let's say Meryl Street and her husband, they've been separated for years. Um, and they just made the announcement last year because more than likely one, if not both, have probably been seen in other situations that people, we only know what? they're married. Same Why thing with Will and But because sometimes, because people have their own private family structure and arrangements, <clears throat> when someone else sees or observes something, it's like, oh, we need to get out and put out a statement that, like, when Iman and, um, Tiana first separated, it was very amicable and it was like, hey, Guys, this he ain't running game. We actually separated. So I'm saying a lot of times when people come out with these statements, it's because someone else has some other information that they either ha- hanging over them or that they know hey, somebody saw us out here. We need to say we're not married anymore. Oh.
3: That's not throwing him
4: under the bus. That's saying. Well, I- that's what happens Dang. when people put out statements, especially when it's odd timing. That is not putting no. anybody under the bus. Now you talking it's about like, this ain't even this man, baby.
1: No, 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 no. <laughs> hold on, hold on. his kid
4: so, in his statement. Oh,
1: slow, slow, slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down. Let's just make it very clear that both of us are just throwing out what we think could have happened. Nobody knows for sure. So nobody wants to get sued or whatever. We don't know if Ryan Garcia has a mistress out there that nobody's talking about that wanted to expose him. I don't know if this is Ryan Garcia's baby or not. All I'm saying is if that was your theory of what could have happened, I'm saying this is my theory of also what could have happened. We've been in these situations.
4: Why would you come up with that theory if he has acknowledged paternity in his statement?
1: Why would you come up with the theory that he was cheating with somebody?
4: I didn't. I didn't say he was cheating. I said, somebody, you made it like I was talking about him. I said, the timing of it makes it seem like there is some information about somebody being with someone else that could be her. That could be him. I did not say him. I said the timing of what he said gives the impression that someone has some information that they may not be the couple that was presented an hour before when we acknowledged we just had a hell. Why did
1: he take it down? Why did he take it down?
4: You would have to ask him.
1: Well, I'm just saying, why did he delete it? An hour? <laughs> he, he deleted it, right? So I'm saying, if it would have well, been because a, the
4: timing was seemed to be in poor taste for the audience again, well, it was important. We, we don't know why and what, but it, the he took the heat for a dang. You couldn't wait till next week or the next day. He took heat for sharing that statement. But I'm saying, when someone shares a statement and the timing seems <laughs> very sus, like, what is this? It generally <laughs> means they are trying to get in front of something else. Whoever it that comes is, from,
1: that's how it works. Usually that comes from the PR team, right? It came from him <laughs> and his personal Instagram account.
4: But publicists write this statement a lot of times for their clients to post on their pages. You know that.
1: And, and as a publicist, as a publicist, would you have told him you knowing about the timing of him just announcing that they're... So first of all, if you I know... I would something have advised
4: like, against it.
1: So I personally would have against it, right. but
4: again, but again, if a, if someone posts that they just welcome a healthy baby into the world, and right. there is active information that would go against this idea that we just had a happy, healthy moment as a family that's that's when people hit the panic button that's called crisis management and because social media and everybody is the media now because anybody can take a picture or have a video you know it's a lot different from when i did it 10 15 years ago you used to have to wait on a news cycle you used to just put out a media uh, advisory and release now it's just pressing send on an instagram post so what so i'm saying is-, is i believe he potentially took it down because the the pushback he got for the timing seemed kind of insensitive regardless of what they're going through
1: personally i think that but is the, the reason- only
4: thing i would assume is the timing of it was to get in front of something else
0: at&t connects an ode to podcasts connect the alarm change the podcast you stream connect the snooze 10 more minutes to dream connect the shower
3: Visit ParamountPlus.com/slash the shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.
2: Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty.
1: I I I agree that the the reason why he took it down was because of the pushback. It wasn't poor timing to say what he said to make that announcement an hour after announcing such a precious moment. However, I don't think that it had anything to do at all with Ryan Garcia, possibly stepping out or anybody else stepping out in the relationship, because had that happened, had that happened, I think the person knew if somebody was threatening to put something out about them, wasn't she pregnant for nine months? Didn't they know they was about to deliver, have a baby, a happy, healthy baby? What I don't understand So you've why. never
4: heard of uh, someone having a baby without everybody that knows them knowing that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I know, you know Hallie, Hallie Bailey just didn't. No, I'm, just but I'm saying, saying
4: people, people tell you what they want you to know. I've heard no. of plenty of people who have been in relationships with people and a baby appears because they didn't know somebody was pregnant. They didn't know it was their baby. They've been told something about, oh, this ain't that. So I think that's one of the most common uh lies a person can tell. That ain't my baby. (laughs) I don't know who this woman is I mean that happens all the time that's why you do have paternity tests that's why you do have child support systems set up because everybody don't claim all their babies
1: I'm going back to it then why would Ryan Garcia set himself up then by posting the announcement period (laughs) why would he do that if he thinks that somebody's out to get him I mean I'm trying to understand this Help me understand.
4: Okay. Okay. Well, will you act like that? Okay. I don't understand your confusion. I'll give you a very basic general example. If there is a man or a woman, and again, I know you always like to push back with the the opposite. So any person, man or woman who is in a relationship that is cheating, man or woman, more than likely they are sharing publicly moments of their relationship, even though they are not being faithful. That happens every single day of every single week of every single hour of life.
1: So, so let, let me hit you with something. Would you disagree
4: with that? Would you disagree no, no, with that?
1: Uh, no, uh, it, I, I think we always go back to these. The it's so easy. And I think it's so <laughs> simple. To basically say that there must have been somebody, not even me I saying. I didn't say about anyone was cheating,
4: but you're saying why would he share that he had a baby if there was somebody else out there? And I'm saying to you, are you saying to me that every single day in America, in the entire world, that people are not sharing moments from their relationship? Although one or both could potentially be in relationships with other people as well, that's what I'm asking. I, you. Th-
1: I think sometimes, like if you're a private individual, that's easy to get away with. But Brian, Gardner, I would have to look back, and I don't know much about it. So I shouldn't be really talking about this. Let's in go a back sense to because- Christmas.
4: Let's go back to this past Christmas. There's a lot of people that posted the the pajama pictures in front of the Christmas tree with the wife and son and the kids and the husband and everybody, and we know that. A lot of those people are not in the in a faithful relationship, but they posted their their Christmas pajama pictures. Would you agree with that?
1: I see that all the time. I see a lot of people see, doing that's that what I'm I,
4: saying I, so why is ryan I, Garcia now this 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 bastion of faithfulness, and he wouldn't post a picture of a new baby that he just had if he was cheating and I didn't say he was cheating but I'm saying that happens all the time every day. People share okay. moments from their lives and their relationships that doesn't mean because they're faithful
1: Here, here's heres a, here's another um Reason it could have happened. Okay. Okay. Some people are just kind of private when it comes to certain things and whatnot. So this is the done there been back, but done there been that podcast. So when we talk mm-hmm. about these topics, we talk about, like you said, from a PR perspective, you had to do that for some of your clients possibly, right? I live this real life. I live this real life. Right. So, um, my first child was born. Um, I was going through a separation with my first wife when she, when we found out she was pregnant, right? Had one last moment, hot moment, it was good, blah blah. No regrets. We got a beautiful baby girl from it or whatever. But the entire pregnancy, we're going through a divorce. And not the work no one really knows about it. You know, only the people only people knew about it was my boss at work, only because just in case he got out and all that type of stuff like that. But she was born and we were in the midst of getting a divorce that wasn't announced. And I wasn't a big name or a popular star, whatever. And I don't know if I would have come out and said something about the separation or the divorce while she was going through the pregnancy, because she's going through this pregnancy at this time. Once again, what we don't know with Ryan Garcia and his wife is when they decided that they were going to get a separation, when it was bad. I don't know, something like Christmas, they said something about that or whatever, but we don't know what they did in advance. And also from a PR perspective, as a celebrity or a boxer or a public figure or whatever, there are things that once again, the publicists get involved to make sure that, the right narrative is put out there so that he doesn't uh, suffer from a public perception type of persona. Now he's a boxer and sometimes boxer gets away with a couple of things. I don't know what kind of endorsements he has, or whatever, but it is out there. So it is possible that they were having these issues, even obviously while she was pregnant and it had nothing to do with unfaithfulness. It had nothing to do with uh, she cheating and thinking it's not his baby or whatever. It had nothing to do. It could just be that they were having these issues and, the divorce was coming, right? I don't know why he put it out an hour later, which I thought was crazy or whatever. He should have just written with it or whatever. I don't know when is the right time after you've just had a baby to say that y'all getting a divorce. So maybe he didn't want to announce that they were going to get a divorce or have been separated before she was pregnant because she's pregnant and you got to care about her well-being. Now, obviously, she's going through all this personal stuff that the world doesn't know about. She's probably still worried because she's trying to hold on to a marriage. Maybe the marriage is in, you know, in you know, irreconcilable differences that they put out there, which would have affected the pregnancy in a sense. But maybe he was doing all this and maybe he just had this notion to say, hey, you know what? I'm just going to tell the world right now that even though we have this beautiful baby that just came into the world, we're no longer going to be together. So that's my perspective on what could have happened. We don't know. All I'm saying is I wish Ryan Garcia well. I wish his wife well. And I definitely wish those babies well because they are sometimes the people that get caught up in all of this madness right here. And, uh, and I can say that for my sp- myself when it comes to my, my firstborn child as well. Because so they're when, without when did it father. come
4: out that you were getting divorced after your situation? It, How long after it, your baby was born?
1: Uh, I, I mean, we got a divorce... I remember, this is this is crazy. We got a divorce and I remember my baby being in the courtroom. So we we were in separate, we were, being, we were separated. We were legally separated or whatever. And uh, then we got a divorce. It was maybe about four or five months after my baby. No, about five months after my baby. That, that it became
4: public that you were getting divorced. That
1: everybody, that we put it out there. I mean, like people kind of knew, like I said, my boss mm-hmm. at work knew. Uh, my friend that I was actually living with, he knew or whatever. Some family members knew, but it wasn't like it was out there where, the world knew about it. And like I said, I was a local sportscaster. So it wasn't like we had to put out this grand announcement like Ryan Garcia has to anyway. You know what I mean? So, but just in case, hey, you've I mean, right it time or whatever. Like,
4: regularly. Yeah, it happens a lot that people uh, break up and have babies or break up way, shortly after nothing, the baby had, is born.
1: And by the way, even though I had done some things wrong, it had nothing to do with infidelity. So just for that, Let you know, and nothing to do with just irreconcilable. Different. We had gotten to a point in our marriage where we felt like it was uh, irretrievable, irretrievably broken. So we had to move on.
4: Yeah. But I'm saying that happens. A lot. I remember when Charlie seen second kid uh, with Denise Richards, she was pregnant when she filed for a divorce. I mean, it's, uh, it happens regularly. If I had the time to sit here and research famous people who got divorced shortly after babies were born or I mean, the timing of a divorce is never perfect. Right. And sometimes, Mm-mm. yeah, there's children involved or you might still be pregnant or, you know, I'm just saying for this particular story, the timing seems like they wanted to get in front of another potential story that will come out and we'll just wait and see. We'll discuss it when right. it does come
1: out. Okay. All right. Uh, speaking <laughs> of divorce, uh, Tiger Woods obviously went through a very, very public divorce. Everybody knows about that and how it affected him in his career. Now he, after 27 years of a marriage with Nike, uh, divorce them as well, Nike and Tiger announced that they are parting ways after 27 years. We just get so used to seeing him in a tiger hat and the Nike hat, the swoosh, the red shirt, the black pants on on a Sunday when he's got the lead or whatever. He used to uh, have the the Nike golf clubs before they start uh, making the equipment and everything like that. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what brand he's with. But I know for a fact that once you get branded with something, it's almost uh, singed into the brains of other people. Like I've been away from ESPN units for 10 years. And I, to this day, I can look on my Twitter right now. I love watching you on ESPN. I saw you on ESPN. What you said on ESPN something like, I ain't been on ESPN. But they just, mm-hmm. I am always going to be attached with ESPN no matter what, because that brand is so big.
4: Yeah. I mean, listen, um uh- Nike got their money's worth out of Tiger Woods. The amount of red golf shirts they sold throughout mm-hmm. Tiger's career was worth the price of admission. And whoever he signs with moving forward, it I would be curious if it's going to be a red golf shirt. You know, is mm-hmm. he going to leave the red? You know, because that was synonymous with Tiger. That color, that cut. Even the fact that you know when Tiger came out, he was one of the first golfers many since, but who came in with a different type physique. Like he was physically strong. He actually is looking pretty jacked right now too. And so then mm-hmm. golfers started taking note to who was winning and how they were potentially going about it. I feel like the same thing with all of the other brands. Nike led the way in that in in that field of branding athletes and and you thinking of an athlete, you cannot think of Nike without thinking of certain certain athletes, right? And so but you mm-hmm. also have so many more brands now that are in the game. Uh, Nike stopped making golf clubs um, a while ago. Years ago. And so, yeah. So they obviously as a business have seen that, okay, this is not as profitable as it used to be. That's probably Mm -hmm. around the same time that Tiger was on the decline as far as golf. Um, so I think it makes sense that they would part ways, but it also is like, okay, uh, do we try to create an entirely new image for Tiger or are we just going to notice a different logo on the red golf shirt? Uh, after 27 years, I don't know. I mean, it could be fun to see a rebranding, but also is it worth it? Because people are still going to be wearing red golf shirts and saying, I'm getting my Tiger, Tiger, Tiger Woods on. (laughs) That's just what it's going to be.
1: Yeah. The reason I got into golf, and I I was telling one of our producers that I don't golf that often, but I do golf and i got all Nike equipment. I used to be a Reebok. I used to be an Adidas guy, wear some Nike here and there. Now I'm dedicated. If you see me in any kind of athletic apparel, it's Nike. And it like, wasn't because that, of huh?
4: Who why? and why was Nike? Why was Nike your standard?
1: Well, I'm, I'm gonna tell you because it wasn't Michael Jordan. It wasn't anybody like that. Uh, even though, because I, I couldn't stand Michael Jordan, he was playing with Knicks fans, so I couldn't stand Michael Jordan. But it was because of Tiger. So back in the day when Tiger started, everything I wore in golf, everything I tried to put on in golf, I always bought Nike brands because of Tiger Woods. So I had to be Nike from toe, head to toe. And then after a while, I had a relationship with Nike where they would send me free stuff, whatnot, I go to the store. And then even when the golf, there was a guy who was head of their golf department at at Nike. He used to fly me out for a tournament every year, and we used to go there and get golf apparel all the time. So I became a Nike person because of what I first saw with Tiger Woods, spending my own money, and then it developed into something else. And I think I'll always continue to keep that name brand loyalty when it comes to Nike. What's going to be interesting though, Eunice, moving forward with Tiger Woods, is not about who he moves on with. He can move on with Foot Joy. He's already been wearing his shoes a little bit now after resurgence, whatnot. Because I don't think that impact will be the same, obviously, as it was when he was uh, winning all those majors, or whatever. Michael Jordan's brand, Air Jordans, continue to move on because they continue the retros and all that type of stuff like that. He won't have that kind of because golf doesn't do the same thing when it comes to the culture. But with Tiger, it'll be interesting to see. Not necessarily where he's going with Nike, but where his son is going with Nike because his son is a little protege. And just like Tiger coming up, there are big things happening for him. So maybe because of the NIL where these little kids can get paid these days because of name, image and likeness. I wouldn't be surprised that if um, his son gets a deal soon, that Tiger follows suits or it's a, 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 a package deal where Tiger and him kind of become like that father-son and some name brand company out there endorses the both of them. And that's why they're moving away from Nike. Nike would have been done well to get his son. I can't remember his son's name for whatever reason. Charlie, 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 man, all this medicine I'm taking right now because of my congestion is killing me. Charlie, uh, I would, I'm wondering why Nike didn't jump on Charlie's bandwagon uh, because I think this guy's going to be the future of golf and he's going to have the, similar impact if he continues to play the way he is uh, that his, his dad had on the golf when it comes to the culture as well.
4: Yeah. It'd be interesting to see if Charlie would, uh, if it would be a two for one package deal uh, you know, you also have to look at financials with companies across the board. You know, I don't think you'd get into deals that you used to get back then too. Right. Mm-hmm. Because you have a lot more people that would have the stats that would back up a high dollar contract. Back in the day, Tiger Woods was the game in town, you know, and so we can mm-hmm. put all our money into Tiger Woods. Same thing like if you saw the movie Air or know the story of the Air of Air Jordan, he wasn't even the get until he was the get. And so right. I think now, you know, you got so many stars, you know, in all the sports that you don't really have the advantage nowadays of making one person the billion dollar star of your brand. Mm-mm. Um, Mm -hmm. and then also the liabilities that's involved in that nowadays too, because again, so much information is so readily accessible that didn't used to be the case back in the day. You know, most of our heroes, we wouldn't know if their wife Mm -hmm. had beat him up with a golf club because she found out he was cheating. Like that wouldn't have been information Mm -hmm. we would have necessarily gotten 25 years ago. The stories of, of the drama of Hollywood and sports and athletics back in the day before media was everybody. Oh gosh. We, 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 we,
1: it's part of the media right now. And shout out, shout out to you. Like, cause we want to make sure you, we shot, we love TMZ. We love all the blogs. We love all that stuff out there. So, Hey man, they're doing their things or whatever is information. It's just that if the information is correct, like I like, I like TMZ only because their information, they get it first. I don't know how they get the footage of all this shit, but they do. <laughs> they get it first and their, their journalistic practices. I don't know if it's Charles or, 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 or the big boss over there or whatnot, but they, they make sure that they protect themselves and the people that they're reporting about too. So I can appreciate that.
4: Yeah, I, and, I and I will say that. that being on the inside of TMZ, that has been a thing that, you know, it goes both ways. You know, a lot of times people who hate TMZ feel like you tell everybody's business. Uh, The comeback is, but it's accurate and it's true. So Mm -hmm. you may not like that it's true or you might not like that it's available. And the other thing with all media, you know, I know TMZ takes a lot of hits a lot of times for their celebrity death reports uh, because they feel like they're getting them too fast and putting them out there too fast. And so because of the way everybody has access to share information, there's no timeline that you would know that, everybody knows everything or not good better otherwise right and so that's right. just kind of a, a personal call everybody wants to be the first with a story um and sometimes people do it to their own detriment because they haven't you know done the the fact checking uh part of my relationship with TMZ is when i notice all the other blogs they're quoting per tmz <laughs> and so
2: a lot mm-hmm. of times tmz
4: is annoyed at doing the work and then everybody else just gets to share their information so uh right. but that's okay. again uh, Information comes from everywhere and everybody, right? So it does. if I'm walking down the street, if I film it, I'm sending it in to somebody, you know, or, you know, it, 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 you are not safe from anything nowadays. Yeah. And you might think and you you know, just run into like a coffee said. shop with a friend. Next thing you know, you see that picture and is this a new relationship? You know, it happens.
1: I've been there, done that, done there, been that. I was at <laughs> lunch with a CNN, a CNN executive who I've known for years having lunch at, and I made sure I did not sit in the booth because I knew in Atlanta, I know how people are. I uh-huh. sat at the, the bar, FaceTime with my wife, with Cynthia at the time. I was FaceTiming. Did that, said, hey, blah, blah, this is so-and-so pretty lady. Don't get me wrong, but I've been knowing her for a long period of time. Next thing I know, I'm in a blog. Mike Hill on a date with blah, 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 blah. Like, what? So that's what I'm talking about. I like well, that. you shouldn't have Stop been that. on a date. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah.
4: Well, you shouldn't have been was, on the it date was, with the lady from CNN.
1: <laughs> it was it was a it was a pre approved date by my wife, so it was all good. That's the date.
0: AT and T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower.
3: Visit ParamountPlus.com slash TheShot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime Annual Plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply.
5: Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for The Everyday Guy. Dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.
1: Hey, it is time for Stop That. Uh, Right now, one of our favorite segments out there where we basically say, hey, anyway, just whatever the hell y'all doing out there that's getting on our nerves, that's irritating us, stop that. You got the uh, units.
4: (laughs) All right. I mentioned it briefly in Cat Williams. You know what? you can consume something that we all consume and you still don't need to feel the need to share your opinion. (laughs) Stop that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I was confused by how many people on social media chose to find a side to take and how they felt about something that they really have no, no Mm -hmm. insights into. And so that's one of the things about the done there been that podcast is a lot of times, even a, a situation like today, We've done there and been there. We have perspective. So whether it's as comedians, whether it's as someone who has worked with these people, you know, I still didn't feel like I needed to hop on the internet and share my perspective or, or opinion. And I have a perspective being someone involved in the story and I didn't feel like there was a place for it. So just because you have consumed something doesn't mean you need to chew it up and spit out what you felt about it. I, I, I mm. stop that. Stop that. I don't need everybody's opinion about this.
1: You got to stop X then because Twitter, that's all they do. That's that's why that's why I always say social media is the best invention ever made because it gets the word out about things that we've been suffering from from the past. You know, when it comes to civil rights or just people being killed in the streets. But then it's also the worst invention ever made because it gives everybody a damn opinion. And even though you got a right to your opinion. Not everybody's opinion should be heard and it could be dangerous at times. So, I And like it's just topic.
4: a difference between an opinion and a perspective. And I, and I wish more people understood that, hey, there are some things that go on in the world that they <laughs> may have a unique perspective for. And then share your perspective because you've been mm-hmm. in a similar situation or you understand something. But just to take your opinion and feel like this is law and you need to write in all caps and you need to post about it 15 times a day. I think that's weird. Stop that! Yeah, stop it that. is. It
1: is. It is. Stop they that. have no life. That's okay. They All right. What, what, what are you so, asking
4: us to stop today, sir? What are All right.
1: You so asking I don't know if you saw both of us. We spent some time at ESPN. Pat McAfee's changing the game over there, man. I like me some Pat McAfee uh, at ESPN. So Pat McAfee um, just called out ESPN, one of the big bosses over there, Norby Williamson, and everybody knows who Norby Williamson is. If you've ever worked at ESPN, he's been there forever. Uh, mm-hmm. He basically called him while working at ESPN. Called the big boss a rat, basically saying. That, there's somebody that's trying to sabotage the show. Now, if you've seen the Pat McAfee show, it is racy. It is so unlike Disney. I would have been fired a thousand times for half Mm -hmm. the things that Pat McAfee says, but he's getting away with it. But he thinks that Norby Williamson, who's been over there forever is trying to undermine the show. So I want people to stop in Norby's case, in other people's case, because he's not alone when it comes to that type of stuff, undermining someone's growth because of your jealousy, your intimidation, or because it does not align with who you are. Now, I can understand if it's the overall perspective of the network, but because you just have a say-so and you think that your way of going about things is the law of the land, there might be nine other people over here disagree with you. You have to listen to some of those things for the growth of people because we're different. We're a different society. So please stop trying to undermine people just because it does not necessarily align with you. I can understand doing your job and pushing back here and there. But when you undermine, you throw out, uh, you know, little uh, jabs at people and you leak stuff to other people to try and sabotage their lives and their careers, that is so effed up and it needs to stop because it's happened to me. And I'm pretty sure I know it's happened to hundreds of others. Stop it. Stop that.
4: Are you saying stop that, Norby?
1: Yeah, I'm saying stop that. No, if he's doing, if he's, if he's, yeah. And Norby Williamson, by the way, is like the cockroach of ESPN. And when I say cockroach, it means you ever seen a cockroach survives every damn thing. Norby Williamson has survived like uh, talent, Dan Patrick. He has survived Stuart Scott, all those people over there that he's trying to undermine or whatever. Norby Williamson, there could be a apocalypse. They could throw a bomb on ESPN, and Norby would be like, "I'm here. I'm still here." <laughs> Yay. I will
4: say he has no. been there a very long time. And I think sometimes that's the challenge, uh, whether it's a television network, whether it's a sports team, sometimes you can be in a situation where it's time to move on only just because there's other ways to do things and and the ways yep. that things used to be done might not be appropriate for today. Yeah. <laughs> I was at ESPN over 25 years ago and Norby was there then as well.
1: Yeah. And you, and you and hope that- Many years before that. was a platform. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, well, you hope he was and he's going to be there forever, too. You hope there's a platform that you are allowed to do that. The thing with ESPN is because they realize they are the worldwide leader in sports. And I've been at FOS for 10 years and I love being at that network. But ESPN is still the, the standard. Yeah, I mean, that's what, what it's the brand. Everybody identifies with that because he knows that he knows that. OK, well, if you leave, where are you going to go or what are you going to do unless you start your own? Now, you can start your own. But even when you start your own like Pat McAfee and Barstool, guess what ESPN does? Don't buy that. You know what I'm saying? We're going to bring you over here. What not? So it's, it's 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 they feel they know they're really the biggest game in town. And if you leave, you're going to leave the exposure. You may make more money, but people aren't going to see you as highly as they used to. But the, for me, the money, get more money and the way of life was so much better than the exposure that ESPN could ever give me because of people who tried to do things to try and keep me under their thumb. And not just me, but a lot of other people out there as well when it came to a lot of talented sportscasters and broadcasters, period, that, that came through ESPN. One thing you'll never see, you'll see people leave ESPN, uh, but it's rare that you see somebody leave ESPN who's popular and want to go back. Think about this. And this is what I'm saying. They don't want if they need to go back because there's a job or whatever, an opportunity that is something or they were out of a job here. Something happened over there. Nobody ever wants to go back to ESPN. It's rare that you see that. And once again, the people that go back are people that are in a dire situation in which they need a job. They need to do something because wherever they went, didn't work out. Bottom line.
4: I, you know, I think one of the challenges for ESPN is, um, and it's not the case now, but back in the day, uh, living in Bristol, Connecticut was a challenge. Um, uh, is not anything that most people would pick. <laughs> it's to live in Bristol, yeah. Connecticut. But no, she got, Bristol, got- Connecticut, but there's not much going on. But ESPN in Bristol, Connecticut, and the time that you would have to work, it didn't. It, it just was hard to have a a a, a life or work life balance. It was my first job out of college, and a lot of our first jobs out of college. And so for me, it was a great. First job. My first job ever in the history of the world was McDonald's, which was a great first job because I learned a certain work ethic and way to work. And they had these systems in place. I feel like once you worked at ESPN for me, uh, it was a situation where I know it's not going to be that hard again anywhere else. So the, the, the gift I took from it was, you know, I ain't going to never have to work this hard again.
1: good. <laughs> <Yeah, I mean, laughs> so everything else
4: is a little bit easier.
1: It is. I mean, once you work there, I mean, it's good. Don't, don't get me wrong. ESPN catapulted my career. Here's the thing. It's not just Bristol no more. <laughs> they got offices right. in New York and L.A. I don't see PAs. I don't see producers. Maybe if it's an opportunity to move up because they need somebody whatever. Uh, But no, nah, they leave. They don't want to go back, even our producer. I'm not going to say any names, anything like that. But it's great. I know. You just, hey, just
4: been listen, a, listen, listen, that's a I mean, whole other stuff catapulted. that can we talk about it, it, what, is everybody just got to tell everybody everything. About everything? Yeah. Because I hey, want to I'm, say I'm something growing, about Yubit Arenas talking. But wait, that's another day. Okay. Another day.
1: Another we'll do day. that next week. Oh, yeah. We'll do it next week. So you wait. see my t-shirt, growth, uh, ignoring people who deserves to be swung on. So I'm wow. growing up. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm going up. I'm just I'm ignoring all the haters and all the people out there that gets him get on my damn nerves. Let's close out what this podcast because this is you? becoming Club Shay Shay. This 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 this, this is becoming a Cat Rims interview. This is a long ass podcast. Hey,
4: I my, feel like yeah. you came out with something on your chest other than congestion. We'll work it out.
1: No, I will. I will always say what's on my mind. Don't get me wrong, but I hold back a lot of shit that I really want to say. I really do. I do. do. You? Oh, you? Yeah, yeah. You ain't seen me unfiltered <laughs> yet. Yeah, I'm not people don't want to see me unfiltered. I'm serious. I agree. I'm not. We I'll, do not. We do yeah. not. So no, yeah, no, let's we maintain that. Not. We, we, we I'm don't. trying to we save don't. some. I do got to get paid somewhere, so I'm not going okay. to spill the beans on everybody. Hey, Thank subscribe you. to the podcast on iHeartRadio wherever you get your podcasts, and uh, watch the done there, been that podcast on YouTube as well, so you don't just hear our melodious voices. You can see our beautiful faces, including Eunice's edges right now which are popping her hair is great that bun you look great <laughs> queen with your crown so we appreciate you thank you for hanging thank out you. with us once again this week Eunice um any parting words bye <laughs> peace y'all this is the inflection collective all of us are connected reflective real life perspective respected the banter the shit chat no cap is big facts so kick back this was done there been there